You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, everybody. This is Sarah, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode, because as you know, with all of our podcasts, we are all about shedding limiting labels and beliefs so that we can live our dreams and shine our lights into the world. This week, we are joined by Michaela Bennett, and um, I'm just going to give you some teasers about her, and then I'm going to ask her to introduce herself more. But I will tell you, our whole episode is focused on moving through limiting labels and beliefs to know more about ourselves, specifically through using a tool. Um, So with that, let me tell you a little bit. Michaela is the co-host of the Don't Worry, You're Enough podcast. She is a certified Enneagram coach. She's type four herself, type number four. Um, She studied theater performance at Kent State University, and she currently lives and works in Ohio. Um, Today on the talk, though, we're going to talk more detail about the Enneagram, and I'm actually going to ask Michaela to share what the Enneagram is, why it's important, and personal transformation from using and growing through the Enneagram tool. So with that tiny introduction, Let's welcome our guest today, Michaela Bennett. Hey, Michaela. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. What a joy. This is so fun. It is fun. And um, I was telling Michaela before we actually pushed record that um, when I started this process to pull together experts on the Enneagram, Michaela was like one of the very first to raise her hand and say, I'm interested. But more than that, she took every step quickly to um, so that I could bring her to you today. So, Michaela, with that, can you actually tell the audience more about yourself, your background, your business, how long you've been doing your work, um, and then how you became familiar with the Enneagram in the first place? Absolutely. So, uh, yes, all of those things that Sarah mentioned in the intro are all true and, and wonderful. So, yeah, I got my, I was a very dramatic theatrical child, and so I think doing all of the high school plays and musicals that I could, it just really solidified, hey, I should do theater and and kind of do it, um, do it for real, not just in community, not just for high school, not just semi-pro, but like actually do it. And so I did, I went to Kent State University and I got my BA in theater performance. And I really thought that that was what I was gonna do for my life. I had no other plan B, it was plan A all the time. And if anyone else can relate, sometimes your plan A actually doesn't end up being what you do with your life. And so there was a moment about three, three and a half years ago where um, the Lord was asking me to have a very honest conversation. And I said, okay, I am going to give up theater. I'm going to give up something that I love, knowing that I was kind of doing it in my own strength, just wanting 
not really listening to anybody, just being guided by myself and um, not doing it very wisely or even from a place of health. And so um, kind of did some odd jobs after that. And um, recently I left a job that I was at for two and a half years because I was ready for something different. But at that time, I didn't know what I what it would be. And so how the Enneagram kind of came to be is that I had heard about it on a couple different podcasts. And I was like, huh, this is really interesting. I'm a sucker for a personality type. Tell me what I am. And um, so, yeah, I, I took um, a couple of info courses or, or webinars through Beth McCord, who is the founder of Your Enneagram Coach. So she has a program where she uh, trains uh, people to become certified. And so that's the program that I did. And I had gone to that interest meeting three times in the course of a year and a half, but I never pulled the trigger because fear was always something that kept me back. You know, what if you fail? What if you're not good enough? What if this is just a bad idea? But the third time that interest meeting came around, I signed up and I didn't want fear holding me back anymore. So I just um, dived right in. And especially after the last two years that we've had as a country and as um, people personally, I just felt that the Enneagram would be so helpful moving forward that um, we could have some language and some clarity to how we either have always been behaving, thinking, or feeling, or if we've kind of developed anything new and we're like, two years ago happened, we had no idea um, what it would bring or how we would react. And now it's kind of picking ourselves back up and having hope and having um, a really positive light for the future and relationships and careers and family and all of that. So that's kind of what I wanted to uh, to focus on. Wow. So let me ask you, when you decided to have an honest conversation with yourself, you said that you were trying to do theater all on your own, right? Mm -hmm. um, and as an, a number four, as a type four, that's a feeling. You're in the feeling center, right? Yes. So yes. how did you know? What, what brought your awareness to the fact that you were really trying to power through that on your own versus like you were in the right place at the right time doing what you needed to do? Absolutely. I was still living in my college town and I was renting a mother-in-law suite from a very wonderful and generous 91-year-old woman who had become a very, very intricate part of my life. And um, she had failing health. And um, before she passed, actually, it was probably after she passed, I was like, crap, I need to get ready to move. I need to get ready to find a job and kind of uproot and move to the bigger city, which I ended up doing. But it was really coming to the end of my rope, but in a good way, so that I really sat and I felt what I needed to of like, I have been doing this for about oh, seven, eight years consecutively. And I was burnt out. I was exhausted. And I was not letting myself feel what I needed to feel about that season and that chapter coming to a close. I kind of use my five wing and I'm like, I'm just going to logic all of this away because I don't want to sit here and feel it when I can be thinking about so many other things um, that could just kind of pull me through it. So it was really just, yeah, it was surrender. It was just letting go. And it was so incredibly hard, but necessary. And so I would encourage too that if there are hard feelings that you need to feel, take the time to do that because it brings so much light kind of at the end of that feeling tunnel, if you will. Um, 
but yeah, you really get a lot of clarity and a lot of uh, like a huge body sigh of relief when you actually take that time to, to walk through those feelings. It seems counterintuitive that to feel oh, yeah. lighter, you have to feel period. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So um, let me ask you, thank you for that better introduction. Um, but the question I ask all of our guests and now I'm curious, given what you just shared, is there something that you do daily that keeps you grounded in Michaela and what is true for you and your calling? Yeah. I live for deep conversations. I am lucky to have a fiance. I'm lucky to have good friends and family around that we can, we can talk, we can share, we can emote. And at the end of the day, feel better knowing that we don't have to have every question answered, that just talking through things, even when we come from two different points of view, that can really help just to create a safe space to just, here's my heart, here's what's going on. And um, it's really nice sometimes not having that non-judgmental environment that people are like, oh, shoot, I don't want to open up. Um, so that's more... Um, reasoning and, and, and mind thinking, but I really, really love cross-stitch and I don't know how that that's part of my calling, but that really helps to make, keep me present um, and in the moment. Um, and so I think that kind of helps with the artsy and creative side of me so I can think and I can do, and it just makes me happy. Well, cross-stitch is consuming, right? You're not, you have to pay attention. So it does draw your focus. Um, it's one of those be here now because, you know, it's not knitting and crocheting. There's a feel to it, right? Yeah. Cross stitch is precise. Yeah. It's not, okay, I'm going to put my needle in here and see what happens. Um, that's, that's interesting because yeah. it keeps you grounded. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps, my, it keeps my thoughts very much here and not too, too far away in, in La La Land. So let me ask you, since you got involved with the Enneagram, um, what question or when people say to you, Enneagram, what, what do you usually share with folks, assuming they either have heard the name, but they don't know about it? What's typical of that you would share? Yeah, the first question that everybody asks is, what's the Enneagram? <laughs> and I could give them a textbook definition and some people are textbook people and other people are not. So I have distilled it down for me that the Enneagram at its core is a map. It's a personal guide to bring people self-awareness into how they think, feel, and behave the way they do. And I can also add that it's kind of like a cheat sheet for your personality. It is that. Say more about that. Yeah. Um, because the Enneagram is composed of nine types um, and all of all the nine types are um, really driven in the bedrock for those nine types are their core motivations. And there's four core motivations. There's core fear, desire, weakness, and longing. And each is specific to the type on the Enneagram. And knowing more about my core motivations as a four, really illuminates for me even day to day, looking five years, 10 years, 15 years um, behind me and being like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense about why I was acting from a place of fear or how I was acting from a longing of a place of, of this feeling or this um, place that I wanted to be. And it um, 
yeah, it really just brings clarity and understanding. And I remember even thinking about it and how it related to my childhood, because it can go all the way back there. Um, it really explained so much. So can you walk us through an overview? I know people aren't necessarily going to see this, but kind of walk us through an overview of the Enneagram. You've already talked like the nine types and stuff, but um, I called you a type four, right? So if someone is a type four, that'll resonate with them. Or if they're a coach, they'll go, I totally get components of that. But there aren't just nine fixed points, right? And I think that sometimes people, at least my experience, think, well, I'm more complex than just a single number. Mm -hmm. So can you walk us through the overview of the tool? Absolutely. So there are nine types, nine unique different journeys. And so um, just just a word or two to describe the nine types here. So number uh, type one, um, they are called or known as the perfectionist. Type two is known as the giver. Type three is known as the performer or achiever. And type four, um, I've heard it described as the tragic romantic or romantic individualist. Um, Type five, the observer. Type six, the guardian. I've even heard it called the devil's advocate. Uh, Type seven, the optimist. Type eight, the boss or challenger. And then type nine, the peaceful mediator. So each of the nine types, as I said, has four unique core motivations to them, but as I've been learning more and more about the Enneagram, is you are simply not one number. So there is such a thing called wings, and that's the number that will come before and after you, kind of like what you're sandwiched in. So for me, I am uh, surrounded by a three and a five. And so I can either use one or both at the same time to varying degrees. And so that's where even though I'm a four and I, I'm a really deep feeler and I'm really um, inspired by um, emotions. I can tap into my type five where I can be a little bit more introspective and withdrawn and um, intellectual and thinking. Or I can sometimes have some attributes of a type three, which type threes are goal oriented. They want to um, have a lot of success and they're very much all about um, achieving. And uh, another thing, too, is that the Enneagram, which I love so much and what I um, hope that all people um, who who start learning about it and and diving in, it's not where maybe like other personality types where the Enneagram just doesn't give you all of the bad information about yourself just to make you feel down and out. You're like, why did I take the time? Why did I spend um, some, some minutes going over this? Um, I've heard it said that the Enneagram is kind of like a non-judgmental friend where it holds up a mirror and says, hey, I I see you're getting a little bit off course in this area. I just want to point you to to what's kind of going on. And I'd love to give you some tools about how we can reshape, how we can pivot the direction that you're going in so you can walk in the healthiest point that you can. And so the Enneagram diagram itself has a bunch of different lines and arrows and and paths. And so those all serve a purpose. We can do um, two to four journeys, not making it super complicated, but we have a stress path and we have a growth path. So you'll see if you look at a diagram, there are some lines that go away from the number that you identify as and 
then there's lines coming to your number. So those all um, basically just mean those are the types that you go to in stress and in growth. And you can take on some healthy and unhealthy attributes of both of those types as well. And um, there's a blind spot path, which is a little bit more of how you can react when you're kind of with your most trusted family or friends. You're not going to do this to like everybody, coworkers, um, for acquaintances. It's mostly going to be the people who know you. It's those and lucky then, people who get to see what you don't <laughs> even want to see about yourself. That's right. That's right. And then the last path would be a converging path where you kind of take all of the healthy attributes from all the different um, types that you go to and, and really kind of, I've heard it described, it's the, the high side of your type. So you get to use at best four or five different other numbers, including your own. And that really just makes for a super well-rounded uh, individual. It also, I think, helps to dispel um, messages we've received or have accepted, right? Whether, you know, we've told ourselves that, but negative or limiting things, it seems to me to be a, a, like a key to a door that you didn't even know was locked, right? Yep. And it's kind of like going, oh, I didn't know, right? And what, and now that I know, I get to know the good, the bad, and the ugly, but it isn't in a judgmental way. It's just like, hey, here's some info. It's just info. Yep. And, um, I liked how you talked about using the points we're connected to. So using yourself as an example, um, share what your stress and growth path is. Absolutely. So as a type four, uh, when I'm in stress, I go to about the average unhealthy attributes of a type two. And so a type two is the giver. And people think, how could you go to a giver in, in stress? Like, do you just give, give, give when you're stressed? No, <laughs> kind of a little bit the opposite. So where a giver gives out of just the kindness and goodness of their heart, a couple of the unhealthy attributes of those is, is kind of taking, taking, taking for yourself and um, really just honing in on, I need to please me and I need to not worry about pleasing other people. And so when I'm in uh, growth, I will go to the healthy side of a type one. And so the type one is a perfectionist and they are just all about being uh, good and being um, right. And um, they really, really are all about integrity and being balanced and virtuous and right. So that kind of helps when I'm in my fourness, being kind of all over the board and um, emotional and having all of these feelings, going to the growth of a type one saying, yes, I can have all of those feelings. They're all validated for whatever situation it is, but I can kind of hone in on them and know what's appropriate and what's not to kind of do in that moment, in that circumstance. So it kind of is a kind of like a teeter, a teeter, a seesaw um, that really can kind of keep us balanced um, as we go through life. That's a great example. Um, do you find the more you learn about that, the more um, grace you have for yourself and for others? Yes. When I was in college, I basically lived in my stress, stress path as a type two. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was spiraling and I was just, it was college. So like being on your own for the first time and kind of understanding like 
you have to pay bills on your own and like, you meet different kinds of people and it's different situations you've never been in and kind of like the comfort of home and in high school. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. Um, so yeah, I lived for probably about four or five years as a solid unhealthy too. And that was actually one of the key points to help me figure out what my type was, was just by knowing all of this behavior that I did and knowing the reason why I was like, light bulbs were going off everywhere. It is like having a language for things that we've experienced, but don't have a language for, at least that's been my experience. You know, Absolutely. And I had the same thing. Like I'm thinking, wow, that explains it. Yeah. And I had a therapist once because people would say to me, and I'm a type five. So you, you know that I'm, I'm one of your wings, yeah. um, but I didn't get it. Why people would think that I just would make, like I would make a decision without thinking, they'd say, you just made a decision. And I, I said, I don't feel like I'm rash in my decision. So I asked my therapist, I said, do you think I just like make decisions? He goes, no, you just don't share your thought processes. Mm. So when you make a decision and you tell me you've made a decision, I know you have agonized over that. You have thought through it. You yep. just don't communicate. And he said, it confuses the heck out of people, Sarah, and they feel left out. And I'm <laughs> oh. thinking, true story. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Right. But until yeah. then, when I read the Enneagram and my type and just a piece of it, not even the whole thing, I thought, interesting. And then I had to look like, okay, but what's the healthier way to stretch on that? Yep. That's so, it. Not necessarily comfortable, but <laughs> boy, it's, but it changes. It changes yeah. relationships and everything. It so, really does. um, in your mind, what's the importance of using the tool, though, for growth? Oh, that's a good question. The importance of using that tool as a growth is, or in growth, um, I really believe that self-awareness is power when it comes to your personality. And all of the light bulb moments that I've had with my type, you've had with your type, how you relate to your family, and, and vice versa, it can, as you said previously, it gives you such a language to know, hey, I've always done this. And I guess I've never questioned why. It's just always been a part of me. And then when you learn why that happens, what is my motivation for kind of constantly doing the same behavior or even doing multiple different behaviors? It's, it's just a, a very wowing experience and kind of humbling to know that wow, this really expresses who I am, knowing that there are some nuances, I won't kind of nail you down um, 100, 110%, but it gets really darn close. And I think it just brings some level of comfort in a world where we're trying to be understood, where we're turning to social media to kind of get our point across or to be expressive. I think the Enneagram really just, again, like that friend takes you aside and says, hey, I just wanna show you something about yourself. And I just want to give you a little little piece of advice, a little tool, some some things you can do. And it really is done in a non-judgmental way that you're like, wow, this makes sense. And I can apply it. That's the key too. Unlike other personality tests where I've taken them and I've learned what I am, I'm like, great, cool. I'm just going to go about my day. The Enneagram really goes with you and you can constantly learn from it. And I'm I'm on the start of my journey and I'm like, Oh my goodness, there's so much more to learn, but um, it, yes, it is something you can always take with you. What has been the response of your family and friends and the 
first folks that you've been coaching? Yeah. So I am actually brand new. So I am about to launch my website next week. So that's my January goal for this year. So in talking with um, most of my friends, they pretty much already know their numbers because we'll kind of say, oh my gosh, you're a two, you're doing this, or you're a one, or you're a nine, you're doing this. And so I think for them, like myself, you think you know, but until you start digging, you really don't know. There's so much there. Um, and coaching breaks it up into healthy bite-sized chunks. So you're not overwhelmed with a whole bunch of information and then kind of like, wait, what do I do with this? It sounded great, but now I'm just like flabbergasted. Um, it really is, is done in such a way where you can walk away and think about it for a while and then come back to it. So that's just my encouragement to my friends of, hey, I know we've all like done the test and think it's super fun, but there's a lot more to it than meets the eye. And so that's my encouragement for people who think they know, let's keep going. And then for those who don't know, I had a family member be, what, what the heck are you doing? Because I posted something on social media. And I said, I really want to, to be the person that so many people were to me in the sense that I, I'm going into coaching because I am remembering the countless people who offered their time, wisdom, and shoulder to cry on listening to me over the years with my tales of woe and gently um, giving advice and giving love to help make me the person that I am today. And I really want to be that same thing for people that just want to learn a little bit more about themselves. So if you had to pick one thing that really lights you up about going forward as an Enneagram coach, I know there are many things, but if you had to pick one thing, could you? What would that be? Hmm. About the coaching process? Yeah, just about being a coach. It could be the process. Yeah. It could be, it could be anything that you when you think about it, you just, you know that spark you get that you're going, oh yeah, this is great. We're doing yeah. it. <laughs> Since I have to have one, I'll narrow it down. Um I think just being there for people in real time. And in giving them the space to kind of walk through things as they're as they're feeling, as they're thinking. Um, yeah, just just being there, being present with them. Well, I got to congratulate you. I know the process of getting certified is not like a one and done. I could totally relate when you said, OK, I went through this three times before I said I'm doing it. Um, I think I'd been planning or thinking about it, but I thought when it came time to make a decision, I thought, just don't even think anymore because as a five I want all the information I thought no you know in your heart this is what you need to do do it yep. don't look back just do it so it. I ask that because I appreciate that about you and it is exciting to know that a tool is just a tool you have to use it you know a hammer is nice if it's sitting in a drawer but until you apply it to what you need to use it for it's just sitting there um yeah. And sometimes you need someone how to show you how to hold it, you know, like, and I don't know if you've ever used a hammer, but I remember when I was first starting a different business I had and someone came and said, man, you are going to have tendonitis so fast. I go, why? And they go, wrong leverage. Let me yep. show you something. So I think about that as a coaching analogy, right? Someone could just kind of plow through on their own or 
they could have someone like you say, okay, let's go through this. And that would be the leverage to help them accelerate their growth and get further with deeper self-understanding in a safe way. So I just applaud that for you. I know that that there are so many people who are gonna benefit from what you're doing, Michaela, and hopefully from what I do as well. Um, but let me ask you this, what is the best way? I know your website's going live next week. Yep. What is the best way for people to connect with you, learn more about you, how to work with you? Absolutely. The, um, my website is going to be um, my first and middle name. So it's going to be MichaelaElizabeth.com. And I spell Michaela M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A. And you can find me as Michaela Elizabeth on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm just kind of starting to transition the personal account kind of into the, the business, if you will, kind of just uh, adding some things that I've been doing. Um, so yeah, the website Michaela Elizabeth launches uh, next week. If there's any questions or anything that anyone would have, um, you can email me at hello at MichaelaElizabeth.com and I will answer anything. Perfect. Yep. So the good news is by the time this episode goes out, your website will be live. Perfect. That's I, awesome. I just think, you know what, this is my whole belief. Things do work in concert with each other, whether we plan them or not. They and really do. You jumped on it and I didn't know your website was going to go live. So um, great celebration for you. So folks, if you haven't checked out her website, do so. We'll have all the links in the show notes for you um, so that it's a quick hop over there. Um, Michaela is the real deal, sincere. I have one last question for you. Now that you're a four, no, you're a four, and you look back on your theater, did you have any ahas about um, your type and your choice of study? Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. That's a great question. I had been an avid reader since I could hold a book for longer than two seconds in my hand. And I love stories and I love people and I loved engaging. And I was quite dramatic. You can ask my mother and she'll be like, yes, she was just bouncing off the walls. We didn't know what to do with her. And so I kind of channeled that energy and theater was one of those things, unlike sports, it just made me come alive. Just being able to tell a story, invite people in to share an experience with you, that really captivated me. And because the four, the type four on the Enneagram is such a deep number, there's such a well of, of, of depth of emotion um, that goes with people who identify as that type, really being able to understand people was really the aha moment of like, oh, I don't like just doing this because I get to sing and dance. It's really about learning who people are from different perspectives other than your own and really challenging how they think, feel, and behave, kind of like what coaching is doing with the Enneagram but how can I tell someone else's story from their point of view as opposed to mine? And I think that's just, it really helps me see the world in such a beautiful artistic way. And I think that was the connection to theater back in the day. Okay, last question before we sign off. If you were to look back at Michaela at 10 years old, what hmm. would you tell her about the path ahead? Oh my goodness. It's not gonna be anything like you thought it would be. <laughs> trust, trust the process cry your tears, eat a pint of ice cream, and, and know that it's going to be okay. Fabulous. Okay. Michaela, my new friend in coaching, and I will see you in group. And um, 
on and on your website. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.